So I can see a lot of people even starting out in a CBDC and then people like you and I presenting to them, hey, you're using a CBDC. How would you like to have one where your money can't be stolen from you? That's called Monero and you can switch over to that and the government can't lock you down because you said something they don't like. <laughs> and, and people are like, really? I can actually control my own money? Well, tell me more, right? So that's how that goes. Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet, a trustless open source wallet that gives you the keys to your crypto. Invoice, donate, and trade your Monero with peace of mind, piece of cake. And by StealthyX, an instant exchange where privacy is a top concern. Go to StealthyX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making StealthyX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Mike Adams, aka the Health Ranger, a freedom fighter and Monero proponent specializing in health advocacy. The two discuss how Mike discovered Monero and why he is interested in a private money system, how Monero is the solution to preserve privacy and why it will be able to survive, and why privacy is so important to be able to escape tyranny. They also talk about Big Pharma and how it's controlled by the state, how the government incentivizes the healthcare industry in certain ways to be able to control the masses, what will be the next COVID event and how to protect oneself, and he also gives some health advice that people can do in their daily lives to preserve their health. Monero Talk starts now. All right. Mike, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate joining you. I know we spoke about a month or so ago. I came on your show. We, we uh, spoke about Monero. I, I tried to give you as much information as I possibly could in a short short time span. There's a lot to talk about, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time interviewing you, and that interview is going to run shortly here, by the way. But man, you you were fantastic, and and uh, uh, my co-host Todd Pittner and I, you know, were huge fans, obviously, of Monero and privacy crypto in general, but also just the philosophy of of freedom and self custody and all the things that go with it. So, uh, thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's like actually zoom out a little bit, right? So yeah. Monero is a specific tool that people can use that they could have in their arsenal for helping them towards that end of achieving liberty, right? But how did you get into the the liberty realm in the first place? Who who is Mike Adams? Why 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 are you <laughs> why why are you known as as one of the liberty liberty freedom fighters out there? Well, so my background really started in health freedom. And I'm actually a food scientist and a nutrition person. And I like, here's, here's the smoothie that I'm drinking here today is my daily smoothie. It's avocados and all kinds of superfoods like turmeric and things like that. It looks pretty gross, but it's actually super healthy. Um, so I started in health freedom and then because all freedom is interconnected, you eventually end up in areas of, you know, economic freedom and political freedom and, you know, sovereignty and all these issues that matter. Now I was for a long time, I was quite a skeptic of uh, Bitcoin 
and the crypto system. I understood it. Uh, in fact, I, I had some uh, Bitcoin mining rigs many years ago that I ran with excess solar power that I had on one of my offices in Arizona, where, of course, there are never any clouds. So uh, I was actually mining Bitcoin back in the day, many years ago, and uh, I had I had sold that uh, I'd, I'd sold off that Bitcoin and purchased physical gold, and so I actually turned sunlight into Bitcoin and then Bitcoin into gold, and I still have the gold. Kind of wish I had the Bitcoin actually at this point, <laughs> based on where Bitcoin is. But I was a skeptic of the Bitcoin hype and all the kind of pre-FTX hype. A lot of that, frankly, turned me off because of the FOMO conversations that were really uh, aggressive and dominating. Whereas I always thought that I I wanted crypto to be utilitarian. I wanted to use it. I wanted it to be used in day-to-day -day transactions, and not to just you know hodl it all the time. But I wanted an alternative money system that didn't rely on centralized corrupt authorities. Now, after the FTX uh, collapse and, of course, kind of the recalibration of virtually the entire crypto uh, community, uh, I, I really started using it more. And I, the first time I ever used Monero was to purchase a uh, VPN service, uh, which I thought it didn't make any sense to buy a VPN service using a credit card tied to your social security number and your name uh, with companies that log server files. So instead, I used Monero with a company that keeps no logs and from there it just took off it's like wow everything should be private so that's that's the quick history awesome so you're you're like a you're like a legit crypto user you're not you're not just uh you know a, let's 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 pop up the price number go up you're you're actually interested in the the freedom liberty aspects of of the tech Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly where I come from. And, and you know, people know I, I, I run a pretty successful online e-commerce, you know, healthrangerstore.com. And we, we want to receive payments in crypto. We're working on crypto solutions right now. We used to have an older solution that was offered by our e-commerce platform, but they yanked it, actually, uh, I think around the time FTX collapsed. And so we're rebuilding now and we're building to... Uh, to be able to accept a much broader array of privacy-oriented currencies. But I would rather be paid in crypto, and then I want to go to my suppliers and tell them, hey, can I pay you in Monero? And I, I want to try to explain to them, because, for example, you know, we buy millions of pounds of organic uh, food staples, like quinoa and black beans and, and whatever, you know, wheat, corn, oats, all these kinds of things, because we're in, we're in the food business. I want to go to my, you know, my oats supplier and say, look, how about I pay you in Monero? You don't have to wait for the check to clear. You don't take any risk whatsoever of the check getting canceled. You don't have to deal with the bank calling you and asking, what's this check for $100,000? It looks suspicious. You know, you don't have to deal with any of that stuff. If we pay you in Monero, you can release the oats now. And, and the economy moves faster when people use crypto, right? That's what I want. And that's what I'm an advocate for. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. And I'm sure everybody that's watching this is like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we, we sell coffee for Monero and yeah. we've gotten our supplier at times to receive it. But there's obviously also an issue there. Have you tried uh, going down that road, trying to get people to accept Monero, trying to get your supplier? You haven't really breached the, the topic yet. 
No, only only after we get our new wallets working so that we can start to accumulate Monero. And you'll turn around trying and then, to... Right. Then we want to send that upstream to our suppliers. Now, I have spoken to several uh, other business people in, in the space of you know alternative media who sell things like gold and silver or who sell things like uh, uh, firearms uh, accessories, like you know, gun magazines, for example. And they are very interested in using whatever code we develop because they, they're using the same e-commerce platform. So we want to share our code with them. We believe in open source code. And then, you know, let them implement that and then recommend them on our show as somebody who's accepting crypto mm -hmm. and just kind of spread the word that way. That's our goal. It's just taken a little while. With without getting too technical, I will say uh, look into Monero Gateway. That that's a good solution. We and yeah. I don't know if you want to put any information out there in terms of an email, but there might be people in the Monero community that would reach out to you to try to assist you, help you uh, build something that will allow you to more easily accept Monero. It's yeah. it is quite easy, especially if you're using WordPress. I don't know if your system is based on WordPress or not, but it it is quite easy. Yeah. Point. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's not based on WordPress, but I, I will give out an email address. People can reach us at situationupdate at protonmail.com. Awesome. <laughs> you, you'll so, be surprised. Uh, no, we welcome a, it. Uh, a Monero community member or two reaching out to help you because that is the dream. And a lot of people, I would say the vast majority of people that are in the Monero community align with this vision of we got to use it. We're not here to just absolutely hodl and hope the 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 number goes up in terms of fiat we want to actually be able to buy things with it and live off of it and effectively opt out of the current system with it 100% and and I, I believe that the the value of monero comes largely from the utility of the use of it and so i, I think the more people we can get to accept it then that intrinsic value is going to continue to grow and and also I, I want to clarify something here. Well, well, two things. We've already implemented Monero tipping on our platform, Brighteon.com. And so if you go, if you are a user, a, you know, a content um, provider, uh, let me back up. Brighteon.com is like YouTube without the censorship. So you can go there, you can create a free account, you can start posting videos. You can also put your Monero receive address in your control panel, your dashboard there. And then beneath all your videos on the platform, there appears a, a button, which is tip crypto. And so some end user who enjoys your content can click that, and then they're going to see your Monero, uh, you know, QR code, and then they can just direct send you. And, and obviously that doesn't go through us. We don't want it to, we don't want to know, we don't have logs we, we have nothing to do with it. And we don't keep any percentage obviously, because we're not even involved, but we want to provide a way for content creators to receive tips in Monero and there are some other currencies that we support there as well but we we only support um, privacy coins we don't have a Bitcoin tipping system and part of the reason for that is because we don't want uh, three-letter agencies to be able to aggregate data off a public transparent blockchain in order to track who's supporting somebody who's saying a certain thing on a certain video platform so we want to encourage people to use privacy coins for the reasons that privacy coins exist is for your freaking privacy. For, for so, the reasons that, that crypto exists, right? I mean, right. Like, it, it's sad that we have to call them privacy coins. Right? I know. Seriously. 
but you know, you, you say these things not because, uh, you know, you think there might be some issue down the road. It's because you've actually you've actually experienced censorship, right? You've you've oh. experienced the wrath of a tyrannical government. You want to explain to people like your history of why you even why you're so passionate about uh, censorship resistance and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm one of the most censored people in the world, and I, I was I was actually deplatformed before Alex Jones was. Um, that, that tells you something. But I was speaking out against big pharma and uh, psychiatric drugging of children and the pharmaceutical cartels long before COVID. Uh, I, I had a cartoon series called Counterthink in 2007 that was uh, mocking the pharmaceutical cartels and and how the cancer industry takes donations to push more cancer drugs instead of telling people how to not get cancer. You know, like vitamin D, everybody, it's so simple, pennies a day, you know. But I, I've been kind of an enemy of the establishment for a very long time, and that's why I was banned on Pinterest, I was banned on LinkedIn, banned on Facebook, banned everywhere. You know, completely deplatformed by Google and everybody you can think of. So we had to build our own platforms in order to even have a voice. A publishing system, you know, naturalnews.com is for our article content, brighttown.com for videos. We even built a, a social media platform called brighttown.social, which is uh, also based on open source code. And then we, we tweaked that and then re-released the code back to the open source community with our improvements. And uh, I don't know if anybody's actually implemented that yet, but I had to, you know, I had to build these systems. And I, so when people start getting debanked, it's like, of course, I mean, I've seen this coming forever. And this is why I currently, I even tell my own audience, if you don't have self-custody, doesn't, don't count it as money. And if you don't know what self-custody is, you're so far behind the curve. You're, you're already screwed. You better get up to speed. You know, you got to, you've got to control the keys the seed phrase, the password, or have gold and silver in your hand, or all of that, because everything else is just going to be taken from you. How do we open up people's eyes to that? I mean, beyond the, you know, the people that listen to the show, they, they get it. But you, you talk to uh, a regular guy, they just roll their eyes. They're like, yeah. They're like, let me guess, you're, you're also, you know, whatever, you believe in this conspiracy and that conspiracy. Like, you, you tell them these things and they're just, they're just not interested. They think you're, you're, you know, exaggerating. They think you're crying wolf. Well, for most of the years that I've done this, that's exactly the reaction that I got, but not since COVID. So interestingly, the whole COVID fiasco opened a lot of people's eyes. And it even, it even caused a lot of people to question the narratives of history that I think people should be questioning. You know, Building 7, for example or just the military industrial complex, the history of US uh, you know, uh, imperial action against other nations around the world, and this, this uh, model of rape and pillage the resources of every other nation. And yet, I also point out that those weapons that the US empire has waged against other nations around the world are now turned inward to us. So where at one time, you know, following 9-11, it was, oh, we're going to have this big surveillance state to monitor, quote, you know, terrorists, like radical, you know, Middle Eastern terrorists. And all the American people stood up and said, yes, let's spy on them. Now they're spying on you. All those weapons have been turned against you. It's your uh, emails that are surreptitiously, you know, read 
by the deep state. It's it, your it's, bank account that's mine. It's, it's the Patriot Act, Mike. They just want to make sure you're a patriot. That's all they're doing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But since COVID, a lot of people are coming to realize, like, wait a second, why were we locked down again? Why were we told, you know, this one shot is going to solve all the problems, and now it's five shots later, and now they're saying the those shots don't work anymore, and there's new shots, and there's new variants, and it's like, this never ends, does it? You know, some people... Even even some stupid people are starting to figure that out after all this time. They're like, wait a second, you know, uh, you know, look, it's an obedience test. And if you're obedient, you're not going to do well. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and part of that is, I think, you know, owning Monero. And a question that always comes up in Monero land is, well, aren't you concerned about governments banning it? What is your response to that, right? We're talking about being obedient. What, what, is your, what is your response to this concern that governments might try to ban or effectively ban something like Monero? Well, look, I say, you know, they can try, but of course the decentralized structure of the system is resistant, if not, you know, completely bulletproof to being banned. Now they can, they can ban on-ramps and off-ramps, right? They can, they can criminalize it. But the very nature of Monero with, the, you know, hiding the transaction details, the, you know, the amounts, the wallet IDs and so on, means that they can't easily track you down. And what, what I tell people, I mean, they don't know how much you have. They don't know how you spent it. They don't know how you received it. And I believe that owning your own assets is a fundamental human right and that any government that criminalizes a fundamental human right itself, that government stands in violation of natural law. And so it is the government that is breaking the law to do that, not the people who use this system of exchange. And and by the way, you should be using, in my opinion, you should be using Monero wallets on devices that are themselves also encrypted. So encrypted hard drives or you know encrypted mobile devices so that if something is ever confiscated or stolen from you or you lose something, no one can just open it up and see, oh, here's a wallet and you know, no transaction logs or anything like that. And, you know, just a four digit pin is not enough. In my opinion, you should have a you know military grade encrypted uh, storage device uh, on, on your, your, your PC, you know, your Mac, whatever it is, and then run your wallet from there and then, you know, take, take it offline when you're not using it. So just go online to engage in transactions and take it offline for the rest of the time. And your your risk of ever having anything confiscated or hacked is extremely low. You are at much greater risk of losing your dollars in a collapsing bank, as we've seen recently, you know, with banking collapses in the US. And, and those collapses are going to, in my view, accelerate dramatically. And you're losing money every day in the dollar anyway because of the money printing. So, you know, people tell me, well, what about the risk of loss in, in crypto? And I say, well, look, Monero can go up. It can go down on any given day. There's some volatility. But if you 100% want to be sure to lose every day, hold dollars. Because they will lose value every day, guaranteed. And by my calculations, especially with food prices going up and fuel prices rising yet again, the dollar is losing approaching 2% per month. And that's compounded, obviously. So Monero is far more stable than the dollar. 
where do you see this going and how crazy do you see things getting? Like I brought up this concept of potentially banning. Yes, ethically, we're completely on the on the right side of history here. We should we shouldn't have any concerns in terms of morally where we stand. But how crazy do you think it's going to get in terms of uh, how governments actually act, particularly the U.S. government? Do you think we see some kind of outright, you know, technical tyranny in that regard where they try to prevent the use of cryptocurrencies like Monero? I, I do think there will be efforts, especially as they roll out CBDCs. Uh, of course, you know, the government hates competition, as all thieves do. Uh, so they, they will want it all for themselves. And they'll, yeah, they'll try lots of different things, but there are going to be lots of constitutional challenges to that. And, and by the way, feel free to interrupt me at any time. Sometimes if my question goes on, my answer goes on too long. You can you can jump in. We want to hear from you. They people have heard enough from me. Well, I mean, it's your show, so but uh, chime in anytime. But I say, you know, the the right to engage in uh, private transactions of something that we consider to be a store of value, which is really an expression of the First Amendment free speech. So so computer code is free speech. And specifically, computer code that describes a transaction log is an expression of free speech. It's art. And unless the government is going to say, well, we recognize Monero as a, an official national currency, uh, that would make it a currency, that would make it money in, uh, in, the, in the government's eyes, which would subject it to additional government regulations. But if they're not going to recognize Monero as official currency, then it means from the law's perspective, Monero is an expression of speech. And there are an army of attorneys who will line up to defend the First Amendment uh, and what that has to do with cryptocurrency, especially Monero and and other other coins, even, even Bitcoin, I think, would uh, benefit from the same arguments. So, I mean, look, if, if you and I, Doug, if, if I want to sketch something out on a piece of paper and give you that piece of paper and you give me an IOU in return and we're exchanging two pieces of paper... Uh, that is our right to do so. It's a fundamental First Amendment right. It's a human right. And if you and I choose to assign different values over time to those pieces of paper, that's also within our right. The government's got nothing to do with that. And by the way, that's not a taxable event that we've done that. That's that's simply you and I exchanging representations of things that in our view represent value that we intend to honor uh, one day in the future with each other or with others who participate in that same pool of transactions. So I, I think the legal arguments are very strong against government being able to shut this down. They will try, but I don't think they'll succeed in, in the United States in particular. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree with you. And I think you laid it out very well. I mean, we saw we saw with PGP, right? Um, the, the, the wars that happened back then in, I guess that was in the 90s, where yes. they tried to essentially make that illegal. And- uh, wanted to ban cryptography uh, in, in private use for a long time. Right. <laughs> And when, where the rubber hits the road, they just haven't been able to do it because with it would go essentially, you know, the, the Bill of Rights, right? That's right. Uh, so, ha, you know, you, you said you kind of been in the in the freedom fighting game since 2007 or pro, I guess even earlier, but you've been out there vocally saying things. How do you see, how, what is the landscape like today compared to what it was like back then? Obviously, COVID changed a lot of things, but overall, are we trending closer towards 
tyranny or are we or is there is there more hope is there less hope how do you feel in that regard oh wow i well i'm more hopeful than ever before so here's what's happening in my view yes the the, the tyranny is is stronger and it's more desperate than ever before but at the same time the people who understand the importance of freedom those numbers are growing rapidly and the passion for freedom is growing rapidly as well in, in fact uh, these days, I, I can I can find videos of of Bitcoiners on YouTube who sound like Alex Jones in 2015. It, it, you know, it's like the 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 cry for freedom is stronger in the presence of tyranny, and so never before have I seen so many people that understand the need to control your own assets. Never before have so many people distrusted the banking cartels. Never before have so many people been on board with the things that Ron Paul was talking about since he was a congressman, you know, uh, decades ago. And, you know, audit the Fed. I, I mean, when Ron Paul was talking about the Federal Reserve, that was called a conspiracy theory back in the early 2000s. What do you mean the Federal Reserve isn't part of the federal government? What do you mean they're printing money and stealing from everybody? That was a conspiracy. Today, it's just, it's matter of fact. Most people in the crypto space understand that the dollar is doomed. They understand how that system works. It is a rigged system that's stealing from you every single day. So never before, at least, I mean, not in my lifetime, have people been so aware of these issues and so ready to take control over their future through monetary systems and also uh, self-care health systems. You know, never before have so many people been interested in medicinal herbs in antiviral herbs, in alternative medicine, you know, things like chlorine dioxide. I mean, it's this is a breakthrough. But for the obedient masses who are the ignorant, you know, brainwashed, psyop absorbers of our society, they're not going to do very well. You know, they're they're going to keep doing what they're told, which will eventually get you killed, and they're going to end up penniless and homeless because you know that's the way the system is designed to operate. But for those who seek information through shows like yours and and hopefully mine as well, they're going to do quite well. They're going to be able to navigate this. You'll be able to keep your your biology alive, and your assets safe, and you know investing in redundant food supplies and growing your own food, learning where food comes from, you know, learning all these systems. This is this is how you navigate this this global death cult, as I call it. That wants to enslave us all, if not kill us all. And it's it, it's never been easier, like you said, to uh, basically opt out, do something about it, right? Right. People used to talk about it, but now you could actually, with with a lot of ease, take action. You could go and you could acquire some Monero, and then you can use it online to buy, you know, perhaps some what's considered some controversial supplement that might be for the best, right? Right. Um, it's it's never been more possible. Do you think we get to a point where we build out a strong parallel economy outside of this tyrannical system? Or yeah, yeah, I do. And and here's why. Because what do, think, what do you think it looks like? Yeah, tell tell us all about it. Well, I I think it it will be in parallel, and I I believe that the the incompetence of uh, governments is growing rapidly, and the the arrogance combined with incompetence is handing us situations where 
Increasingly, government systems simply do not function, and so they resort to tyranny to force people to participate in systems that are largely broken. Uh, you can see this, for example, in Obamacare, which was supposed to keep health insurance affordable. Well, what has happened to health insurance over the last few years? You know, it's skyrocketed. It's becoming unaffordable. But uh, CBDCs in particular, I don't think that the United States government and the Federal Reserve will have a successful launch of a CBDC. I think they'll try it and they'll talk about how great it is and they'll, they'll give you universal basic income money and they might tie that to social conformity. You have to behave in a certain way to get this free money and maybe that's going to be tied to food rationing credits or things like that. But there is such a strong culture uh, across America and in many other parts of the world as well where people are opting out of that system. They want to get food at the local farmer's market. And the local farmers, they would rather take, you know, silver dimes or Monero or barter of like 22 long rifle ammo or something, something other than the currency because the currency is failing. And people want to have control over their, their own lives and they're, they're tired of being ordered around wear a mask, lockdown, social distance, and especially in retrospect, realizing that was all bullcrap, right? It, 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 was all, it was all fiction. So people are tired of that. I mean, a certain segment of people are tired of that. And they are now embracing more than ever before these kinds of solutions like, like Monero or, or privacy crypto or you know, personal encryption for privacy. And, and by the way, when the government rolls out CBDCs, the media is going to be pushing people into using, you know, digital money. So there's going to be a a rise in awareness. Uh, yeah, and and I would say literacy of the population using digital systems for transactions and moving money around. Well, that that's going to have a spillover effect that will support Monero and other cryptocurrencies, because one of the main arguments right now against Monero for newbies is, oh, it's too complicated. I don't understand how this works. Oh, I just I just spent, you know, $5 and how come the rest of it's locked up right now? When, when is that coming back? Oh, you know, these kinds of questions, right? Well, a lot of those questions go away when people are become more literate in using digital money systems anyway. So I can see a lot of people even starting out in a CBDC and then people like you and I presenting to them, hey, you're using a CBDC. How would you like to have one where your money can't be stolen from you? That's called Monero. And you can switch over to that. And the government can't lock you down because you said something they don't like. <laughs> and, and people are like, really? I can actually control my own money? Well, tell me more, right? So that's how that goes. And also it's, it's happening on a, on a global level, right? It's not just you and maybe your your friend and cousin who also share these ideas with you in, in whatever area you live in. But right. now you can find people that are opting out globally. So the community becomes quite large to the point where I see it being sustainable pretty soon. I, yeah. I think I think we get pretty soon we get to the point where we can live, opt out and live among each other. Those that have these beliefs can can trade and live off of each other outside of the system because it will be global and people yeah. will be able to find each other. Well, absolutely. And and I got to tell you, even locally, like uh, recently, I I mean, I, I know people who raise cattle and uh, recently one of them said, oh, I'm going to butcher a steer 
And do you want to go in on that with me? And I said, yeah, I'll take, I'll take a quarter steer because I'd rather, you know, get beef from a farmer I know than some, you know, like mystery cattle operation somewhere. So I said, yeah, I'll do a quarter cow. And, and they told me how much it was. And I said, look, um, would you take payment in Monero? And they said, well, what is Monero? And so, of course, you know, I explained it. And at the time they said, well, I don't know, you know, it sounds complicated. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. So no, can you just give me cash? And I said, okay. And then sure enough, after the the quarter steer was uh, delivered, uh, well, at, at the delivery, then this person asked me, um, tell me more about that Monero thing you were talking about. Because yeah, yeah. I think I think maybe we could use that. And so, you know, this is the process. It's like, guess what? You could get paid in something where you don't have to run to the bank and deposit it and raise a bunch of red flags there where the bankers are like, where did this cash come from? We're going to treat you like a criminal, you know? What if you just, what if we could engage in free trade without being constantly accused of being criminals or being spied on or having things confiscated or locked down? You know, I, I don't know if I mentioned this when we were interviewing you, Doug, but we recently gave out a lot of money in donations. Uh, we there, there's a there's a wealthy person in Texas that handed us like literally half a million dollars to to donate to alternative media, and we made the mistake of issuing those donations through checks, you know, banking system checks, and it was such a nightmare to give money away. Because the banks were like, oh, we don't know, we don't know if we can trust all this. Even the people that got the checks, their banks wouldn't deposit it without asking questions. Where did this come from? You know, and I swore, I am never doing that again in fiat currency. I'm only doing donations in privacy crypto, and frankly, Monero is the choice because it's got the best liquidity of of anything in the space. And so now, if I get another half a million dollars, and I'm I'm like putting together a list of who to give it to. My first question to them is, what's your Monero wallet address? Because do you want, you know, do you want the 10 grand? Do you want the 20 grand? You need to have a Monero address. Otherwise, I'm just not sending it to you, period. And and that's pretty compelling for a lot of people. Put, put me on that list, Michael. We'll, we'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you might you might be on the list next time around. Who knows? All right. All right. Well, we'll, 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 you know, we'll definitely put it to work if that's the case. Yeah. What? Go ahead. You had a thought. Well, Go ahead. But then, but the other thing with that is that then these people that are receiving the Monero, their first thought is, okay, I'm going to receive the Monero and then I need to sell it for, for, you know, money. That's their first thought. And then I have to educate them. No, no, it is money. (laughs) Like you got the money. This is what you want to end up with. Keep it, use it for something else. You don't want to put this into currency that that's going to lose money. So it's, it's a, it's a process. Yes. Yeah. We're building, I, I think I mentioned to you, we're building something called XMR Bazaar, which is going to be a peer to peer platform for people to buy and sell goods and services for Monero. With love it. So to help actually build out the circular economy, you know, I people, love it. Some, some dude living in uh, Afghanistan, maybe he's a programmer. He could be like, hire me for Monero. Some guy, maybe he has, wants to sell some, living in Texas and he wants to sell his eggs. Maybe he wants to ship them out for, for Monero, that type of thing and putting people together and getting Absolutely. Transact with Monero. Yeah. What are some, because you've obviously, you know, been thinking about all these things for a very long time. 
what is some basic advice you'd give to people for purposes of achieving maximum liberty in this day and age or, or thwarting tyranny? Like, well, what are some, oh, wow. some things you would recommend that people do? Well, privacy is absolutely critical and you, you, you need to practice privacy in everything that you do day to day and understand, you know, you're like, well, let me get out my mobile phone here. So I run, of course, a de-Googled phone. So, you know, your, your mobile phone device is spying on you constantly. If it's a Google or Android device or uh, an iPhone, both of them spy on you constantly. So you, you, you've got to understand where you're being tracked, the metadata that's being collected on you. If you sign into Google on your computer, let's say, and then everywhere you go across the internet, any website that has a Google component, such as a, you know, a, a tracker or e-commerce components, anything like that, are also then tracking where you've been. And all this information is being leveraged against you. So it's not enough to just use a VPN. Oh, I changed my IP address. Uh, Google doesn't care. They're still tracking you uh, if you're logged in. So you, you've got to learn, in my opinion, to uh, live a life off the surveillance grid which means, again, a de-Googled phone. It means having a separate laptop, in this case, like I have here, where there's never been a Google login. There's never been a Facebook login. No logins have ever happened on, the, on this hardware. And then this hardware runs VPNs, and thus this is a safe computing environment where also the partition boot drive is encrypted by Veracrypt, right? So if, if someone were to steal this, They've got nothing. But even if I use it, they've got nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing that can be tied to me. And this is the way every normal person should actually behave online, I believe, with privacy in mind. By the way, if there's some background noise, we're getting some rain and it sounds like thunder here in central Texas and more rain. But anyway, if it's not a problem on your end, I, I'll keep going until we get disconnected. It sounds like hell. Wow. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds yeah. like hell. Yeah, it's, it, it, this is Texas. It, the rain is big, and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so things like um, you know privacy tools, but I, I mean even in in the grander scheme, right? Uh, health, whatever whatever it may be. Like you know, if you were to sit down, and give some advice to 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 some young 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 guy who's like he's he's fed up with you know the way things are headed in terms of what governments are doing. What what can he do about it in his oh. personal life? Like obviously oh. trying to use Monero, trying to obtain things like gold and, and get, get you know get rid of fiat. But holistically, what what's the advice you? Give? Well, number one, almost everything that comes from official sources is an engineered lie. Almost everything, and the older you get, the more you realize how much of that really has been lies the whole time. But almost everything you're taught about history is a lie. What you're taught about money and economics, it's all a lie. What you're taught about health is a lie. Look, this, this kind of stuff that I drink here, this is real food, this is real medicine, okay? This is avocados, bananas, and turmeric, and black seeds, and whey protein, and things like that. The garbage processed food that you get in the store is designed to make you a patient of Big Pharma, and Big Pharma is designed to keep you sick because that's repeat business. That's their business model. So understand that all these systems that exist in the world, whether it's the taxation system, the currency system, the medical system, food system, it's all designed to keep you a slave, including 
corporate media news. It's all designed to, it's a psychological operation to build an artificial construct in which they want you to live so that you never get red-pilled, you never see the real world, you never understand what's real food, what's real medicine, what's real money, what's real news. Or frankly, what's the real human experience? Because it's more than just this body. It's the body, it's the mind, it's the spirit, it's consciousness, it's something beyond material, right? And, and uh, I mean, we could do a whole show just about that. But the big lie is that you're powerless. The big lie is that someone else can tell you the truth about your experience. And the truth can only be discovered by yourself. Uh, we get like thunder from God coming here. It's not a I'm on the edge of my seat here trying to hear. Okay. All right. Let, let me tell my crew, um, increase the gate, the, the noise gate, and I'll get closer to the mic here. Okay. So yeah, increase the noise gating on our, on our soundboard. Maybe that'll block out some more of the rain. We'll see. But Okay, I'm closer to the mic. I'm right on the mic. Here we go. Um, the truth maybe, is... Maybe lower your gain and then, yeah, get closer. Oh, okay. All right. Is that better? All right. So the, the truth is you're living in a giant Truman show. It's an artificial construct. You've been denied the knowledge that would connect you with your true humanity and your true potential. And things like crypto or gold or nutrition or natural medicine, these are just small little facets of the, the greater truth, which is that you are a powerful being capable of enormous things during your brief stay here on this planet. That's my take. Beautiful. Beautiful. Unfortunately, I tend to agree. Uh, and fiat is a big part of that, right? That is the engine, I think, that drives it all. Oh, yeah. The, the fiat currency is a source of tremendous evil in our world. The fact that they can print money without having to earn it. So you and I have to earn it, right? Your listeners have to earn it. Governments can print it, which is stealing from everybody else. And then what do they do with that money? Well, in 2016, it was re-legalized in the United States for the CIA to run propaganda campaigns against the American people. And how is that funded? Printed money. You know, how's every war funded? Printed money. Propaganda campaigns, printed money. The whole vaccine agenda, it's government money funneled over to Big Pharma to make things that are killing people. It's all printed money. In fact, if you stop the money printing, about 90% of the evil in the world stops. Honest money is actually the, the foundation of, a, of an ethical, honest society. And honest money can never be achieved if you have a dishonest ledger, which is what the dollar is based on. So honest ledgers actually create a more honest and moral society, whatever, whatever you think morality is, at least it's not just money printing, massive fraud and lies and war and, and you know, depopulation everywhere. So. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans and if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, Gratuitous, and Monero. And Mike, who, who do you as, as see as being the they, right? I mean, obviously we have like, we, we talk about pharmaceutical companies. We talk about 
the the large tech companies like Google that we all rely on that's that that's you know stealing our 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 data. We have all the these big beasts that are out there, but is is do you see it as there being some coordination or it's just kind of organically is 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 what happens? Is it is there a end? Is it just uh how do you most, see it? most people, the mid-level people in all of this have no idea what they've signed up for and what they're pushing. So I can say that hospitals in America have been turned into murder factories. Doesn't mean that every doctor or nurse is a murderer. Uh, they believe, many of them believe they're helping patients by denying them access to ivermectin, even though ivermectin saves lives. But because they are self-deluded, then they're not consciously acting out of evil. It's the people above them that have you know, programmed them with these messages from authorities. Uh, you could say globalists, or you could say certain national leaders or certain powerful corporations. They, they're the ones that hand out the marching orders. You know, you shall not allow anybody to have ivermectin. You shall not allow anybody to talk about gold or crypto. You know, you, you, you have to be on board with this narrative and that narrative, and, and it's easy for people to name what all those are. And, you know, you have to believe that whatever, that um, obedience is necessary for a civil society, things like that. A lot of people want to go along with that because they're afraid to question these false authorities. They're afraid to think for themselves. And if you go through medical school, you don't really succeed. You don't get through it unless you do what you're told for the most part. There are some doctors who who have gone on and educated themselves and, and who are outstanding you know, champions of human health. But by and large, most of them are simply kind of glorified pharmaceutical pushers. And they simply repeat the mantra that was handed to them. And the same thing's true in government and education, finance, economics, you name it. And we end up with a world run by insanity, you know, insane economic principles, such as this idea that endless money printing and endless debt have no negative consequences. Are you kidding me? It's going to end up in a total collapse of the global debt Ponzi scheme. And that's going to have severe consequences, mass poverty, uh, desperation, death, violent crime, you know, social chaos, all of that. Honest money would prevent all that. Yeah, COVID was such an eye-opener, man, because, I mean, you, yeah. had, you had these people that very well-educated, very intelligent, people that I, I personally know, right? I know they're intelligent. You know, I know uh, they would do just as well in biology class back in the day as I did, yet here they are telling me things that I, I just know is, is not the correct information. It's just going along because, because I don't know, they, they need to. I mean... The fact that they were treating people that had COVID the same as those that never had COVID, and no matter what age you were, were all grouped into the same thing and saying, everybody needs to get vaxxed. Oh, even if you had COVID and you're only 25 years old and you're healthy, you still need to get... It just, it made absolutely no sense. It, it went against everything that, you know, I ever expected of the medical system, right? Where oh. a doctor would treat you like a patient individually look at you look at your case right look at whatever pre-existing conditions you have 
uh, you know, your, your health status, your age, and then assess and decide what you should do. Right. No, it's like, all protocol driven now. And for me, I, I, I experienced it in a very real way. Cause I had COVID right on the outset. I got it in February, 2020. So one, like where we are is I was one of the earliest cases and I was running for Congress at the time and everybody, you know, it turned into get the vaccine. I never got vaccinated, but it allowed me the fact that I got COVID early get put me in kind of a different sector right put me in the, this different mindset because like i had it i'm fine why is everybody telling me i need to get vaccinated like i get it if you're 70 years old you have pre-existing conditions sure or whatever it may be but the guy who like just had it has the antibodies and you're calling me an idiot for not getting vaccinated like well, you will dug all credibility at that point Absolutely. You you nailed it. And I can tell you, I mean, the fraud is way bigger than a lot of people imagine. For example, the PCR tests are an absolute fraud. And I say this with a sense of real authority. Uh, many people, I mean, your, your viewers may not know, but I'm a published food scientist. I run a mass spec laboratory, uh, one of the largest in the country uh, that's private. And we have, I think now, six going on seven mass spec instruments for heavy metals analysis, glyphosate analysis, cannabinoid quantitation, and we're setting up a new dioxin testing uh, triple quad mass spec gas chromatography system right now. And uh, I can tell you that whereas in, in, in my tests, in my instruments, we do uh, quantitation curves based on uh, calibration against standards. So I have to tell my instrument if I'm going to test for, let's say, mercury. I have to tell my instrument, I have to give it a, a sample of what like one part per million mercury looks like, and then 10 parts per million, and then the 0.1 parts per million, you know, 100, 100 um, nanograms per milliliter. And I have to tell it that information. And then I give it a sample, and then it, it processes the sample, and it plots it on the curve, and I, then I know the quantitation of the mercury. I can say there's this much mercury per milliliter of the of the liquefied food sample that went into it. Okay, that that's called a quantitative analysis. PCR tests do not conduct quantitative analyses at all. It is a pass-fail. It's a match or no match. So a PCR test cannot test the loading of a protein or a virus in your blood. And if you can't test the loading, then you can't diagnose anybody. Because an infection is not a disease. Because you can you can have you can be carrying viruses and bacteria. In fact, you are right now all throughout your body, and you're not diseased. You're not symptomatic. You're not sick. I uh, believe me. You've got all kinds of you know E. coli, and you've got all kinds of different viral strains throughout your body. You know millions of them. You're not sick. But PCR says if we find one match of this protein sequence, then you are declared to be sick. You're declared to be a carrier. You have to be locked down. You have to wear a mask and you're a danger to the rest of society. That entire line of reasoning there is, is I mean, that, that claim of PCR is complete fraud. It is science fraud, quackery, total voodoo. And I, I know this firsthand because we talked to PCR manufacturers. Uh, I met with them because we were considering using PCR to test for food uh, contamination of viruses and uh, salmonella and E. coli and, and 
other things that get in the food because we, we do food manufacturing. And I asked them this very question and I got all the literature and I asked other people in the science community, are there quantitation results that come out of PCR? And they said, no, there's no quantitation. And I said, well, so how do I know how much E. coli is in one gram of food? And they said, no, no, this machine doesn't tell you how much. It just tells you it found one sequence. And I'm like, one sequence that out of, you know, trillions of molecules, what does that even mean? Like, well, it means you have to throw out all that food. So I got to tell you, Doug, a lot of the food recalls where they throw out 100,000 pounds of ground beef, it's all BS. A lot of them. There is no infection if it was diagnosed by PCR. Now, there are other ways to diagnose, and, and we use other methods, and those are legit, that they involve incubation, like a 72-hour incubation for you know salmonella, whatever. But PCR test is currently, uh, it, it's falsely diagnosing all kinds of food as being contaminated that is not contaminated all across the country. Do you think there's nefarious reasons for that as well? Yeah, sure. Famine, food inflation, making food unaffordable for people driving more people into uh, food stamps and government controls. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's no coincidence, 100 plus food facilities have burned down over the last 18 months in North America. And uh, that, that trend seems to continue. You know, scarcity is a weapon against free people. And when food supplies can be controlled, you know, to cause panic and famine and price inflation, then people are more easily controlled by rogue governments. And that's exactly what we're seeing. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, that being a use case for Monero potentially, right? Uh, like we said, this, this peer-to-peer market, perhaps you're, you know, that's where you're buying your meat and your eggs or wherever it is directly from, from those that are selling it. I mean, well, do you, do you I think that's to use Monero? Uh, I wish my grocery store would accept in any kind of crypto, <laughs> but of course they're, they're not going to. So, you know, you asked me earlier about this parallel economy concept and that's absolutely what's going to happen. You know, the, look, the Walmarts of the world, you notice how the Walmarts were kept open while everybody else was locked down during COVID. So yeah. Walmart has a special protected status. Whereas, you know, apparently if you went to a farmer's market, that was dangerous. You might infect somebody, but if you went to Walmart, the virus would behave. Because it's Walmart, where you, and, you can't find a, a healthy item if you if you try, if you spent the entire yeah. day looking, right? A right. one healthy molecule in that place, <laughs> right? And and if there's if there's any potentially dangerous people to avoid, they're no doubt walking around in Walmart half naked with flip flops. By the way, so <laughs> so that, I mean that that's the place not to go. I would much rather be at the farmers market, or you know the gun shop, or some some reasonable place where people are normal. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure I'll get some feedback on that comment. But the the thing is, we're going to have to have a parallel economy because the 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 corporate system will be controlled by government dictates. And that's what we saw during COVID. The hospitals had to follow the orders of government and government incentivized them with very powerful financial fiat incentives. Here, you could earn up half a million dollars if this person happens to die from COVID in your hospital, even if they don't have COVID and even if they otherwise wouldn't die, ah, there are certain things you can do to make that happen. 
ventilators, for example, and then boom, half a million dollars. Whereas no hospital is going to say, oh, let's just give them ivermectin and we'll make a hundred bucks and send them home and we'll never see them again because they'll be fine. They're not going to do that when they can cash in half a million dollars because the government also told them, use this protocol, cash this check, make this money, kill this number of people because we've got to have fatality numbers to scare the rest of the population. That's exactly what went on. It was murder for hire. They got paid to murder people in the hospitals. Any thoughts on what the next quote unquote quote COVID might be? You know, the, the oh, next, yeah, next absolutely. Event. Yeah. Uh, uh, a chimeric hemorrhagic fever engineered bioweapon that combines elements of bird flu, HIV, and hemorrhagic fever viral strains. So they need something that's going to be uh, aerosolized. They need something that's going to cause people to bleed out of their eyeballs because they need that powerful psychic attack on the population, the fear. And they need something that is going to bypass the immune systems of those who are immune compromised, which includes most of those who have been jabbed. So they're going to go for broke. And, and they're gearing it up right now. You can see it happening. You, you're going to see some crazy, crazy uh, victims out there. Now, l let me follow that, that up, Doug, by saying, personally, I'm not afraid of that kind of virus. I'm not afraid of those things because a fully functioning immune system combined with natural medicine and also knowing about natural antivirals which are, by the way, found all across nature, gives you the tools that you need to not have to live in fear. So, I mean, I've traveled during pandemics. I've, I've, I've traveled internationally. I flew to Taiwan in the middle of the bird flu pandemic when everybody was wearing a mask and they would, they would take your temperature before they would let you into the country. Wasn't afraid of it at all. Because uh, I know about things like, you know, chlorine dioxide and antivirals found in natural medicine and microalgae and all these kinds of things. And look, it's, it comes down to knowledge again. You know, think about it. Knowledge sets you free in areas of money, in health, in history. And if you know what's real, you are a free person. The only people who aren't free are those who are ignorant. And that's what the system is designed to achieve, to dissociate you from knowledge. Uh, Google... It's not a search engine of human knowledge. Google is an engine to disconnect humans from knowledge. That's what it is. That's its function. That's why you can't find the truth about ivermectin on the first 10 pages of Google. <laughs> Think about it. It's crazy, man. Crazy. What I got to ask, what are some of these things you're seeing where you're seeing the signs of what the next quote-unquote COVID could be? What are, what are some of these things that you're seeing that are indicative of, of that. Oh yeah. Well, I do a lot of interviews and many of my sources, uh, are, you know, form they're whistleblowers who were formerly tied into the systems. Some worked for DOD high security clearance previously. Uh, some work for military intelligence and so on. And I also have a lot of, uh, physician researcher contacts and, and, and there are some whose names I can say like Dr. Judy Mikovits, by the way, who, who worked. Uh, with the DOD and uh, Fort Detrick, Maryland. The DOD built SARS-CoV-2, okay? They built it 
and then they sent it to China, Wuhan, for gain-of-function research. But the DoD didn't stop at building just SARS-CoV-2. They built chimeric hemorrhagic fever viruses. They tested them. And they've tested many of them on African villages, by the way. And there are bioweapons labs in Ukraine that the U.S. is desperately trying to, you know, cover up. The U.S. operates globally in violation of the bioweapons uh, treaties that it has previously signed. Uh, it honors no agreement. You know, the, the, the United States as, a, as an empire honors no treaty, no agreement, not the Minsk agreement or anything else. So anything the U.S. signs is worthless from the moment it signs it. And this is also true in bioweapons. Anytime the United States wants to achieve something anywhere around the world or domestically, there's a weapon that it can deploy. That weapon could be sanctions. When sanctions don't work, it's an invasion. When an invasion doesn't work, you accuse the country of harboring weapons of mass destruction. Iraq, for example. Or you can assassinate the leader, like Gaddafi, and destroy the economy of Libya. Today in the United States, the weapons that are being deployed against us are bioweapons developed by the DOD. I mean, the U.S. blatantly runs teams. There were exercises in New York City that they said are counterterrorism exercises where they were gauging uh, how quickly an aerosolized bioweapon would spread through the subway system or through the city parks. They issued a press release about it. It involved, you know, State Department, it involved... Uh, New York City health officials, and so on. I can assure you, they weren't testing how to stop a biological weapon. They were testing how to deploy one. They want to know how effective it can be. Because we are living in the battleground now. They're turning the weapons against us, we the people. Uh, in fact, I, I just interviewed Professor uh, Michel Chosudovsky from Canada, University of Ottawa, who agrees with this assessment. Exact same thing, that all these weapons of war that were used against the world are now being turned against us. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom though, Doug, because again, the silver lining is most of what these, these people do, the, the people in charge, most of it's a bluff. And the parts that are real, you, you have alternatives. You don't have to lose all your money in a banking collapse. You could put your money in Monero, right? You don't have to lose your health in the next bioweapon release because you can protect your immune system and you can also isolate yourself from those from those attacks and you can treat these things when they do occur you know ivermectin being one of them by the way um you don't have to subject yourself to the destruction that is being unleashed upon us and by the way, even, even if you don't trust crypto, just having gold and silver will protect you against the collapse of the fiat currency assets. You'll be able to hold value, and then you can decide later on what you want to do with those precious metals. And if you learn how to grow food, then you don't have to be subjected to the scarcity and famine that's being engineered into the system. So there are so many things that you can do. And my goal is to just empower people with this kind of knowledge to be resilient and be redundant and survive all this. So there you go. And they're, they're great things to do no matter what happens anyway, right? It just leads to Absolutely. a more fulfilled life. I know, I know you're, we're, you pretty much, we're, we're at that hour. Uh, Are if, we? Yeah. If we oh can, my gosh. If you can 
give us maybe some actionable health advice because you are the health ranger after all. Like things that you would recommend that people do in their daily lives in terms of foods to eat. You know, you don't have to go through top things that come to your head. Like uh, that would probably give you the most bang for the buck. Things that sure. eating whole foods, organic foods, things like that. But I, I just want to hear your your elevator pitch on what people should be doing. Oh man, I, I am a living encyclopedia of this stuff. But let me let me give you something really uh, really detailed and specific and actionable. Awesome. So there's, there's a class of molecules that, that are naturally synthesized in foods that are called anthocyanins. Now, let's back up and understand that uh, all, all food crops synthesize molecules out of the available elements in the air and water. So uh, if you take vitamin C, for example, it's made solely of three elements. That's hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen. And if you combine hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen in a certain configuration, you get ascorbic acid. And this is critical for people to understand. Now, if I take a like an orange seed and show it to you, uh, there might be a small amount of vitamin C in it, but it's not a lot. But if I plant it and it grows an orange tree and it starts producing oranges, well, it's synthesizing vitamin C using the carbon from carbon dioxide, by the way, and the hydrogen and oxygen from, from the water that it's absorbing through its roots through photosynthesis. Uh, providing the energy for this this chemical synthesis. So plants are always constantly synthesizing molecules that you need to protect your health. Now, anthocyanins are synthesized by plants, and anthocyanins are visible as purple or black or dark pigments in plants, such as eggplants or blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, and so on. So anything that has that dark color, even purple corn, contains anthocyanins. Now, anthocyanins are not only anti-inflammatory and neuroprotective and have tremendous benefits throughout the human body. I mean, it's one of the most powerful medicines that you can find in food. They also block spike proteins from being able to uh, bind to receptor sites on many of your body's uh, organs. So if you're wondering how do you protect yourself from the spike protein, there are a multitude of answers, but anthocyanins are one of them. Right. Now, if you... If you just go to the grocery store and you purchase fresh uh, fruit and vegetables that are purple or black or dark and eat those, you are eating anthocyanins. And this, this should be a daily part of your intake. In fact, um, this I don't have a dose in here, but usually in the evenings I'll make like a blueberry uh, smoothie with strawberries as well. And that will contain high levels of anthocyanins. Now, one other thing. If you want to enjoy food that you think might be unhealthy, like for example, occasionally I'll go out and have some barbecue brisket or some some barbecue. And barbecue is, uh, because of the process of cooking and smoking, it is has extremely toxic chemical compounds in it. Well, if you consume anthocyanins and vitamin C, and importantly, fruit fiber, that's natural fruit fibers from strawberries, from grapefruit, apples, pears, anything, you will almost completely nullify the toxic effects of what's in the barbecue. So I'm not a guy who's like a food Nazi that says, oh, you can't ever eat barbecue, you can't ever eat fried food, you can't ever do this. No, go out and enjoy all those things, but know that you can do these other things to defend yourself against those things by having an apple you know, before the barbecue or taking vitamin C before barbecue 
or something or fried foods. Like if you go out and eat fried foods, because fried foods are, are, you know, a lot of toxic fat, you should be taking vitamin E because vitamin E is a fat soluble vitamin that protects your cell membranes against oxidation caused by fried foods. So if you're going out with your family, you don't want to be the guy or gal that's like, oh, I can't eat anything fried. You know, the health ranger told me, no, go ahead, have, you know, have your fried foods, take vitamin E, take maybe astaxanthin, fat soluble carotenoid. This is, I call this defensive eating. You can still enjoy your life, but you don't have to give yourself the, the, the chemical and biological damage caused by toxic foods if you know what to eat at the same time. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. I, I don't know if you ever, have you ever heard of uh, NATO, the Japanese thing, or NATO kinase? NATO, yeah, NATO kinase, yeah. I just recently discovered that and added that to my diet. I'm curious if you have an opinion on that. Oh, absolutely. So that's from fermented soy, and the fermentation process actually synthesizes this enzyme, uh, NATO kinase, or NATO, NATO, uh, people pronounce it different ways. But this, this enzyme breaks down uh, scar tissue, especially a cardiovascular scarring on the inside of your arteries and circulatory system. I've been taking that supplement for 20 years. And uh, in Japan, and, and by the way, that, that stuff, if you ever taste it, it's the craziest, nasty tasting stuff. I, I, I get it. I get it in New York, actually. I found somebody that produces yeah. it. And uh, once again, back to XMR Bazaar, one of my hopes is I'm going to try to get somebody, because I think it's relatively easy to produce. I would love for somebody to start. Yeah making up batches of that and shipping it out. I the, mean, it's the fermentation like, process, yeah. it's, it's very straightforward, like yeah. just like you're saying. But that, I, I believe, actually, natokinase and resveratrol, if, if you take those two substances, in, in, in my educated opinion, that's going to extend your cardiovascular health by at least a decade, maybe more, maybe more. I mean, wow. resveratrol is a miracle molecule. And natokinase, uh, in conjunction with it, is, is incredibly powerful. But see, most people go out and they have highly inflammatory diets all the time, and then they fail to take the nutritional precautions to counteract that. And it's that combination that's very toxic. Now, you can eat inflammatory foods, like I just mentioned, as long as you have the right nutrition to counteract it. Even better, you can most of the time avoid inflammatory foods and have good nutrition and then you're going to do really great you know for for many years to come but uh, the average person because they you know they believe the food authorities they think that if it's approved by the fda it must be safe to eat no <laughs> that, that triangle is scary <laughs> that triangle. okay so, what what wait one more thing doug can i add one more thing of course okay the critical for your audience um the usda has for decades approved the use of a toxic cancer-causing compound in processed meats called sodium nitrite. Yeah. And sodium nitrite is added into bacon and beef jerky. It's in the ham and in soups. It's in pepperoni and pizza, all kinds of things. Uh, sodium nitrite, when it combines with stomach acid, the hydrochloric acid, it forms a, a class of compounds called nitrosamines. Nitrosamines are such powerful cancer-causing chemicals that in uh, laboratory experiments, they use nitrosamines to give lab rats cancer to test cancer treatments. Now, there's a simple defense against nitrosamines. It's vitamin C. So if you're gonna eat any processed meat, 
from anything. Unless it says nitrite free, it's probably got sodium nitrite in it. It's listed on the ingredients, you know, bacon, sausage, whatever. If you're going to eat any of that stuff and you don't want to get pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, or other types of cancers, you got to, you got to take vitamin C with it. And vitamin C counteracts the formation of nitrosamines in your digestive system. So that tip right there could save lives. And it's so simple and it, it costs almost nothing. I, I love bacon. And yeah, I've yet to be able to find like reliably a good bacon that's, you know, organic and doesn't have these uh, nitrates in it. That's right. Um, are there So are there top supplements that you'd recommend, like things you could just kind of like shoot out, like things that you think everybody should consider taking? And obviously, I think you would caveat it with it, they have to be quality supplements, right? That's your whole thing, right? It has to, you have to make sure you deserve <laughs> yeah. it. They don't have heavy metals in them, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, vitamin C is, is a foundational, you know, water-soluble antioxidant that flushes out of your body very quickly. So you have to take that pretty frequently. Uh, Asaxanthin, which is made from microalgae, is a fat-soluble carotenoid. So it's a powerful anti-inflammatory antioxidant that is found in the pink flesh of salmon. By the way, it's one of the one of the reasons that salmon have such incredible endurance because of the antioxidant properties of asaxanthin. Um, vitamin E, I mentioned. Anytime you're consuming unhealthy fats, you want to protect yourself with vitamin E. But I, I got to say, Doug. You know, as much as we could talk about supplements like resveratrol, the foundation should be food that you grow yourself, and that includes sprouting. So there's there's a powerful anti-cancer nutrient that is synthesized in broccoli sprouts called sulforaphane. Sulforaphane is also anti-inflammatory, but it's it's a potent anti-cancer substance. It's it's what gives cruciferous vegetables their anti-cancer properties. Well, you can go online and you can buy broccoli seeds for pennies, man. I mean, just pennies. And you can just use a mason jar, you know, just like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just get a little sprouting lid for it or just use cheesecloth with a rubber band. And you can sprout broccoli sprouts and you're making sulforaphane medicine for free. No royalties to the pharmaceutical companies. You don't have to pay a supplement company. You're growing medicine. You see, the, the, this is part of my philosophy. I mean, yeah, sure, I sell supplements. So why am I telling people not to buy them, to grow their own supplements? Because I believe in self-custody. Just like you should have your own wallet and your own money. You should grow your own medicine. Everybody should be doing that. Supplements are only the next best choice if for some reason you're too busy to grow your own supplements or you don't want to do it. You should, you should grow everything first. You should, by the way, you should grow mushrooms. You should grow medicinal mushrooms. They're so easy. Lion's mane yes. is incredibly powerful. I've done it once in one of those like pouches that you buy and they, they grow. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Grow, grow lion's mane mushroom and other mushrooms, you know, there, there's shiitake, there's rishi, you know, shaga, a bunch of them. Grow what you can and you'll find that, that you are producing your own medicine there locally. And there's so many things like growing aloe vera. How hard is that? It's not hard at all. You can ignore it for six months and it's still there. I mean, you know, it's a succulent. And all you do is you fillet it and take out the gel, put the pop the gel into a smoothie, and you're drinking aloe vera gel. Now you're coating the inside of your digestive tract with an incredible anti-cancer substance. And did you know that aloe vera causes your your the hemoglobin in your blood to be able to carry a higher saturation of oxygen in your blood? And so 
if you drink aloe vera and then you go out and exercise, you're going to find that your endurance is better. Why is that? Oh, your hemoglobin is working better. It's just on and on and on. You can grow this stuff for free because nature synthesizes the molecules for you. Turn off, turn off your TVs, start growing your own, growing your own fruits and vegetables. I couldn't agree with you more, man. And I, obviously I'll tie it back into Monero. That's, that's what it's all about, right? Building out the circular economy too, because there's also so much time in the day. Uh, all right. So you, you can't, you know, sit there and grow your own aloe or maybe you're buying it off to of somebody on the internet who, you know, is like growing it themselves organically and shipping it to you. Think little things like that. Right. And we work together. Yeah. To, to opt out, to live these lifestyles outside of the fiat controlled system where they're, you know, essentially trying to poison us. I mean, it's, it's look, become, it's no longer a conspiracy folks. It's no, no, no longer no. a conspiracy. But l- let me paint this metaphor for your audience. So if you set up a Monero mining rig, so you have this rig running and it's generating Monero for you every day. And that's pretty cool. Like every, every hour that ticks by, it's creating wealth. A garden does the same thing, or a sprouting jar does the same thing. Every hour that ticks by, those sprouts are generating anti-cancer medicine. It's like a Monero mining rig, but for your body. Kind of it's, it's like biology mining for free. Like you don't have to eat. To sprout, you don't even need sunlight. You don't even need soil. You can do it in an apartment. Everybody should be sprouting. You know, and it, again, it's like, it's like a mining rig for your body and you're, you're eating the wealth every day and you're getting healthier as a result. I mean, what's not to love about that? <laughs> you're going to have a uh, hundred new people tomorrow ordering, ordering broccoli sprouts on the, on the internet. They're, they're dirt cheap. Yeah. It's like a big bag for a few bucks and it lasts, you know, six months of sprouting. And it just takes like, like a, like a night or two, right? Like you just throw it in the jar and it just, right? Like. Like give it three days or so, you know, for or three or four days, you you can see. But th- think about it: this, the the seeds run an algorithm, which is a, it's a program like a mining algorithm, but it's a biological algorithm to synthesize molecules that are compatible with the human body and that prevent you from needing expensive, toxic hospital bills and 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 interventions like chemotherapy, which is based on World War One chemical weapons. Why would you want chemotherapy? When you can eat broccoli sprouts that prevent cancer. I mean, it, it's, it's just so simple. I mean, some of the answers are just super simple, Doug. It's like, it's right there in front of us every day. I love it, man. Tell everybody where they can find you. I know you're super popular already, but just, just get it out there. Give, give the basic info where people okay. are following you and, and following it. And- All right. Well, um, guys, show camera six, um, brightchannel.com. There's our logo. For a studio here that's uh where you can find me and a bunch of other people uh videos naturalnews.com is my main article website as you know and my new show on on crypto and privacy is called decentralize.tv that's the show where you're going to be featured here shortly by the way awesome because we had an outstanding interview and i would just finally uh, encourage everybody you're listening to this if if this is if you're like, whoa, this is this is way too much information. How could all this be true? Um, start start digging, research it. I I can assure you that everything I've shared with you here today is true, and it's based on reality. And it's just up to you of how quickly you want to discover that reality for yourself. That's it. Beautiful, man. 
and the, the the supplements and the food stuff, where do, where do people go to find that if they want to order? Oh, yeah. Well, my, my online store is healthrangerstore.com. But again, I would encourage people, grow your own mm-hmm. wherever you can. Um, and I mean, yeah, I'm not here to, I'm not here to pitch that site to the audience, but there are things that you can't necessarily grow that easily, like resveratrol or whatever. And yeah, we, we have a lot of solutions that are available for you and we do our own lab testing since we have this, this very expensive laboratory. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, I'm intrigued. I will check it out because, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, consuming heavy metals in the, in the few supplements that I do take, things like that. Oh, and yeah. you know, economies uh, serve a purpose, right? Uh, we we can't all just live off of ourselves. I mean, we can to a degree, but there there's value in living off of each other, right? And using Monero for those purposes. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, things we need I, from others. Absolutely. Um, and let me add this: we uh, we're about to set up a, a dioxin testing uh, gas chromatography system, which I think will be one of the few private systems in the country. And we're going to be doing free testing for all the Amish farmers and other farmers who were impacted by the fallout from the East Palestine train accident uh, that unleashed dioxins onto the farmland uh, across Pennsylvania. So these tests normally run about $1,000 a pop. And the instruments are like 400 grand, I think, uh, for this one instrument. But we're going to be doing this for free as a public service and releasing the results for free. And we already have people that are sending us samples from uh, from East Ohio and uh, Pennsylvania area. So that's just part of what we do. We believe in in uh, you know paying it forward and using the knowledge and resources that we have to help create abundance and freedom for everybody else. And that's that's kind of our role in this. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we're censored everywhere because we actually give a shit about the rest of humanity. But there you go. <laughs> awesome man thank you so much greatly appreciate it i have more questions but we'll just go on forever so I'm yeah gonna, okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it here i want to okay. rfk rfk you think that you think there's a shot with rfk is 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 he, uh, is he your top pick by the way or i'm, I'm just curious what you're well look i've interviewed rfk he, these guys these presidents none of them are, are really you know that that's not the solution right everything we talked about is the solution but out yeah. of curiosity is you know is there somebody potentially that might at least help push us towards the right direction well rfk uh i've interviewed him and i i admire him tremendously and he's a voice of great truth and courage no question about it but the lineup that i want to see is rfk as the democrat and trump as the republican and then let america decide from there because in either case it's it's much better than what we have now and both of both of those men have uh, powerful, um, uh, let's say, positions and philosophies that could help America. And I think both of them are pro crypto at this point. Uh, they both have, you know, some faults as we all do. But man, if we could get RFK in as the Democrat nominee, that's a big win. And I think if he's the Democrat nominee, I actually think he wins the election. But we'll see. The Democrat, the the DNC won't let him. Yeah. Uh, in so it's probably going to be RFK running either independent or Green Party versus whoever they replace Biden with versus Trump, and it's going to be a very complex uh, decision tree at that point. <laughs> and you think there's a good chance that he teams up with Trump as as the VP? No, okay. no, there's not a good chance of that. Yeah, they're, they're they're too far apart on too many on too many um, issues. 
uh, but especially on energy. So RFK is adamantly opposed to coal, and Trump is very strongly an advocate of coal. And also uh, Trump is a strong supporter of the Pentagon and military budgets, and RFK is strongly opposed to a buildup of the military. So those two issues are really, they're, they're, there's a chasm between the two. Yeah, and RFK is anti, anti-nuclear as well, right? That's For me, that's a little uh, bit of... Yeah, I well, see, I, I think nuclear energy, when done correctly, is the obvious choice because it has zero emissions. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Uh, but the current nuclear industry, as you know, the, the byproduct is material for nuclear weapons. It was tied into the military-industrial complex, and they don't want to run nuclear power plants with a structural design that is uh, you know, self-shutting down in case of a coolant loss. So it's a complex issue. I, I support nuclear power, by the way, but I also support other, you know, banished uh, energy sources like low energy nuclear reactions, LENR, which is, you know, censored everywhere and it heats water, um, which is essentially what nuclear power plants do to drive the turbines. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. So, you know, if you can produce heat by converting mass to energy, you can solve a lot of problems in the world. But there's also the entire West Texas Bush family uh, cabal that is fighting against all of that. It's oil, oil, oil for that group. And they ran the CIA. So uh, that's a whole nother show. Yes. And honestly, the, the people listening to this are probably, they, they turned it off now at this point. Because a lot of people are, are so fed up with the current system. It's, it's not... It's not about hoping our politicians do something. It's about taking action ourselves, opting out, and and right there ourselves. Thank you so much, Mike. Greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate you taking all this time as well. Thank you. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks for letting me talk. Cheers, Matt. We'll see you. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. MoneroTalk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.